Hello and welcome to Chatsco Podcast, where we break down and review a movie of my choosing, maybe Hayden's on occasion, and just try to have fun. I'm your host, Drinking Thomas Hughes. Uh, we didn't have fun this time. No. We're we, we very much cried while watching this movie, both when it released and what did it do? We're broken. <laughs> so, so, we, so we explain what we're watching, Hayden. We watched Slogan. Yes. Oh, hold on. Uh, it's almost as sad as you've seen to one Spider-Man that went away and it was really upset. Okay, I'm ready for this. Okay, yep. So today we're discussing Logan, released in 2017 mm-hmm. and serving both as you know, a final installment of this Wolverine trilogy, which we've obviously been covering the last few weeks, as well as the final appearance of not just Hugh Jackman as Logan, but obviously yep. uh, Patrick Stewart as uh, Professor Hugh X. Logan. Obviously, Xavier, they don't call him Professor X in this. Which is weird. Uh, anyway, uh, obviously, 17 years ago, we first saw Hugh Jackman suit up as Wolverine. You know, obviously, X-Men. Fucking... Good performance back then. That sort of, you know, yeah. built him up as this guy. And then, the, you know, we've been... Pooped. They slowly, slowly broke him down. Yeah. Over the course of three films. Yeah. Started off on a downhill, then went to a really great film. And this, this is a great, this is a, is a great film. But in each installment, they're slowly broken down. As I've been saying before, first, taking his memories. Second, showing, like... He can be hurt. Him being hurt. And also, him. they've also took away his, like, his love life. And... It, everyone around him is still kind of dying, and then we get to the third film, where he, he is at his lowest point. Yeah. Really. And though I said seventeen years, seventeen years when this was released, you know, back in twenty seventeen, it's twenty one years now since we first saw him suit up. But obviously, movie logic was seventeen years afterwards. Oh yeah. Uh, it's inspired by the Old Man Logan comics by Mark Miller mm-hmm. and Steve McNovan. But there are some very different, like, moments to it. Yeah, that's what I like about this. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's inspired by it, but it doesn't fully just copy yeah. and paste. It's like, it's like let's make our own mm-hmm. movie. A bit like, obviously, the Wolverine last week. Yeah. The, the, yeah. It copied, obviously, the Japanese one they did, but it changed it completely and made its own film. Yeah. I mean, it's like, there's some moments where they make it seem like it's, it's going to be the same as the comic. But it's completely different. Yeah. Hands down. Like, for example, the reason why most of the X-Men are dead. Ooh. Oh, I wonder who did it. I wonder if it was a certain... Get out of my head, Charles! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely Wolverine. <laughs> the making fuck is Wolverine. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the movie was once again directed by the great James Mangold, who obviously we saw last week, the second installment in this trilogy, and they were like, hey, this guy's good. Yeah. It's getting back. And, oh, he did, did good. And I think good. I think we can both agree we gladly brought him back. Yeah, they he, he, he they brought him back, and then he entertained us in the, in the previous film, and now broke us in this film. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, I, obviously, I named up a few of his films last week. You know, the ones that sort of inspired this movie, essentially, like the song choices for the trailer and the sort of tones you get. And uh, I've got a few other films he uh, directed that I didn't name drop. So uh, he did the film Identity, which was a, an all right, you know, psychological movie. 
uh, Night and Day, the one with Cameron Diaz and Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. And of course, his next movie he's actually doing is going to be Inchan Jones 5, which. Wait, what? Yeah, he's doing Inchan Jones 5. There's going to be a fifth one? Steven Spielberg was going to do it as obviously like Harrison Ford's like last hurrah sort of thing. Or like possibly more than likely his last go around, so all the years. But he stepped away. He was like, I want like someone else to take over. And James Mangold is taking over in Jan Jones. He's doing Indy 5. And hopefully he brings this feel from Logan into that. Which is part of the question of the day later, which is one of my answers. If you couldn't guess already, Hayden. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like this guy can make in Jan Jones great again. Now I'm sounding like Trump. A little bit. Shoot me in the face, please. With, okay. with an Andabantian bullet, please. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. But yeah, uh, hopefully it brings this, this sort of feel from this one into that one. It makes it feel like the first two indie movies rather than you know, the later two, especially the latter yeah. one. Because it, it, went, it, went, it was like dark and then it started going less dark, especially the later one. It was like, kept the sort of slight dark tone but went more, you know, family adventure, which indie's not. Indiana Jones is not a family adventure. Look at Callie Ma, for example. That's not a family thing. Callie Ma. It's like literally, Indiana Jones literally just um, Nazis and Whip Boy. Basically, yeah. That's the of the films. And then, and then we get to the the third one. The, the, not the, the fourth one. The third one still had Nazis. The fourth yeah. one was just like, let's trade Nazis for Russians. Yeah. And then go. And then we'll say the Russian's a bad guy, but it was also aliens. It just went, wow. it, it basically went too kooky. Which, a bit. Yeah. We'll uh, move on then and uh, actually get into this. So uh, let's uh, give some early thoughts without obviously giving a rating. And I think you can agree with me here, Hayden. This is probably one of the. Well, sorry, this is probably is the best solo superhero movie out there. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's like. It doesn't even require a lot to show, obviously, superpowers. Yeah, it does show superpowers, but it's not something that's relied on for this movie. It's it's full focus, obviously, on Logan, his progression going, I would say going up, down, uphill, but it's actually going downhill, which is unusual for progression. It's usually a you know, steady progression up, but in this yeah. film, it's progression down, down, down. And this is full on, just a, a bit like Joker, in a sense, a character-driven story. It's not relying on any other crap. No, obviously it introduces obviously the daughter element and obviously you still got Patrick Stewart there. It that's just like it's side plot. It's full plot, it's literally just a character driven story to end yeah. the Wolverine franchise with Hugh Jackman. Which mm. is a great thing because this movie is just probably one of the probably the best piece of cinematography you can find. It's fucking amazing. It, it, they fucking knew what they were doing and went, hey, Let's break them down like we said we have broke down completely. I broke down many oh, times yeah. in this movie. Uh, let's make them go, oh my God, with the gore and the action. Let's, you know, get them off the edge of the seat, then pull them. Because literally this movie, obviously you've got the action bit at the start. Then it sort of drops it down a bit into like this, you know, character driven part. It's like slowing you down, slowing you down. Then it gives you a bit more action. Then he, sl- he knows when to like put the action in to speed up the plot, but also... Then to put back it into, you know, the non-action part to then drive the story even more, and that's what I liked even more about it. Yeah, I mean, it was there was a lot of gore, as I mentioned, there was a lot of action, but they also had a lot of slow moments and character-driven moments. Like in just driving. Like, example, 
remember that bit where um obviously you got Xavier and Wolverine, but they're basically they're sitting around that little um like dinner table with his family. But that, like Yeah, they slowed it down next, just having like a little family yeah. meal. It's sort of like the calm before the storm, essentially. Yeah. It's basically like that them to have like reminiscent the good old days. Because this is really them both of those their last hurrah, as you say. And that meal is basically their last supper, essentially. Yeah. And the ironic is that the Judas to this one is obviously the Cloney boy. X24. X24, yeah, that's X24. Which, because I, I was re- obviously doing a lot of reading into this before. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you, when I was I said to you, oh, we're going to do Logan, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a bit of look into it. And obviously... The end. The end of Apocalypse shows the obviously the vials because that came out a year before this, and it shows like Wolverine's like DNA in there, and mm-hmm. that technically sort of links that into this timeline a bit more. Because though yeah. this is its own sort of timeline, it still technically connects to like Apocalypse for that sense mm-hmm. of the vials, as well as also connecting to the first X Men because of the um, Statue of Liberty scene. Yeah, that's correct. It's conne- it connects to every single one, but at the same time, it doesn't, which. Yeah. It's confusing, but works massively in his film's it, favour. Yeah, it's like the um hint at like that that day was probably like the last like moment a mutant was born. And that's when the sh- slow it showed the decline, and slowly they were becoming extinct. After that, like moment, that would have been like the last time. So it's quite intriguing way. They 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 put that in quite quite good. Obviously, how it's all linked. Obviously, in the future past, they do mention how there's like a um a sacrifice for like changing the timeline. You know, mutants are being hunted down, but in this this new timeline, instead that it's naturally put they started going out instead. Apart from you know one sequence that we never get to see, where you know clearly Charles says that he's just you know, murdered loads of mutants. Oh yeah, he also killed uh, twelve, wasn't he? About twelve, I think I said. Yes, it was something like that because he was like so many, like it was loads of people, but at the same time, it like, took the lives like mm. a lot of mutants at the same time, and he just mm. like repressed his emotions, which yeah, is it... is good. Yeah, not repressing your emotions, that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> as, know, yeah. as seen by what's happening in this film, but, you know, for the context of this movie, it's good. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> obviously, the whole point of that is, because, obviously, in the comics, it's Wolverine's fault. Why is the X-Men and dead? So they make it seem like it's going to be it's still Wolverine's fault in this film, but now it's, it's Xavier, because he's deteriorating mind. Which... I think they did they handled really well in this film. Oh yeah, definitely. It's obviously essentially it's showing like it's obviously because you got this you know superpower essentially his brain, but it's mm-hmm. obviously also showing the fact that though that he's got this superpower in his mind, he can still succumb to essentially human disease like stuff like dementia and shit like that, which basically yeah. affects your mind. And in this case, it's not the best person for it to affect for the fact that his mind go boom boom. Yeah, because he. Even though he's got a terrible mind, he's still a telepath. He's still a really powerful mind, and it co- would cause this much destruction just from having these like attacks. Seizures, essentially, is a yeah. Wolverine says at one point because you had a fucking seizure. Attack seizure, same sort of situation here. 
I just think yeah. they hand. I think personally, I just think they handle a lot of the the stuff in this movie perfectly. Yeah. Like deaths, obviously, they say the action, which we'll get to in a bit. Uh, mm. The story itself, they just handle everything as well as you'd want for this final hoorah in Hugh Jackman's mm. Wolverine career and Patrick Stewart's Charles career. It, yeah. They did it perfectly. I couldn't ask for a better movie. you got to think of that as well. Throughout these, like, this film, there is no, like, unnecessary, like, um, what's it called? Exposition. Like, that they, like, refrain from treating the audience like kids. Like you, they would be for other, like X Men films, because they need to. This is an adult film, so they can like at least refrain from doing stuff like that, and they can just like go into the actual proper story instead of being like, "Oh, I'm Wolverine. I am a mutant with healing powers and whatnot." They ain't got to do that really. They can just jump into him being. Uh, beat up Uber driver. Basically, yeah. Thing, if, mm. Well, the thing is, he obviously wasn't at one point. He was going to be this, like, this sort of twelve-a situation. Yeah. But Hugh Jumpman went, "I'm just going to take a pay cut. You make this a proper R-rated." Well, in the UK, wherever my Blu-ray is, here it is. Uh, fifteen, fifteen over here, just like Deadpool was. We had a weird. We got a weird like age. Yeah, no. No, is it wasn't um Deadpool like two, the R rated version and the PG version for us were both fifteen. I think so. Yeah, it was PG thirteen, wasn't it in America? The this, yeah, thirteen, yeah. Which obviously is a fifteen for yeah, us. Yeah, but that is the, obviously PG thirteen is the equivalent of a fifteen rating, whereas R is equivalent of an eighteen. But yeah, it's right. <laughs> That is, is, is weird. I feel like, to be fair though, this is... A fi- I wouldn't put this in 18. Though it is a bit gory at times. I, I personally don't think there was like... Then again, I'm surprised just that one little bit of nudity didn't put an 18. Because it's usually fucking... Uh, like, ones who do the certifications and whatnot. They see one bit of nudity and it ups it just a bit. And obviously there is that bit of nudity when that one flash mm. hits. Which is... Like, the a first... bit fine. A bit fine. It's only if like, they fully focused on it for a long time. Yeah. That's when it would become an eighteen. Uh, also, some, the gore is probably just just below the bar. Because it wasn't fully focused a lot of the times. It was like quick cut, yeah. like quick and that. So yeah, okay, uh, that's why. Okay, then uh, we'll uh, move on then uh, to the mm-hmm. yeah online rating info I've got here. So on uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, it has a ninety three percent critic rating, which is like probably one of the highest uh, CPO ratings out there, or well, comic book in general, I believe. I don't, I, I don't 100% think there's any higher than this. I think maybe... I don't know, actually. I don't think there is one. There might be. There's pretty is one. There's one little sort of one that I can't think of that's just higher than this, critics-wise. But I know even Joker, critics-wise, was, wasn't as high as this. But uh, its audience rating is 90%, which, again, is quite high. Which... Mm. which I, I'm not going to say if it's too high or too low for me because I feel like if I say it's too low or too high then you sort of get a gist of what I'm going with for my rating. So I'm I just going to... know what you're going to go for. I'm just going to zip my mouth for now, shut my mouth up. Um, over on uh, IMDb, it has a 8.1 out of 10, which again, I'm going yeah. to keep my mouth a little bit shut here. Um, uh, Metacritic, it has 77 out of 100, Metascore, and 8.4 user rating. So... 
obviously the lowest tier is the 77 on Metascore. But I still think he's got a solid meta ratings there. I just feel like it was screwed over at like the award ceremonies. I feel like it should have won more awards. I feel like it should have been nominated for more awards. Because mm, I think at the Oscars it was only nominated for like best like adapted screenplay. That was it. That it. That was it. Come and on. It, it didn't even win. It just got nominated. I feel like it deserved a Hugh Jackman nomination for best actor. I feel like it deserved Definitely. Patrick Stewart for supporting actor. Uh, I feel like it deserved obviously best director for Matt Gold. I feel like writing. I feel like it deserved to be nominated for a lot of stuff. That's what it pisses me off with the Oscars and that, and the start movie awards in general. They fucking they never they they on occasion will chuck like a, a bone to superhero movies, but only on occasion when it's like this sort of impactful movie, like when obviously Black Panther came out. Yeah, they threw a bone at that, and then they showed up then after that. They never fucking. I think the last one after that that's got nominated. Oh, I don't. I think Endgame may have got nominated for like a visual effects. That was it. That was it. I think. I think. I think, I think it's more because I think Birds of Prey is getting nominated for like makeup, and that's it. I swear. <laughs> Isn't but, that what? Um... Suicide Squad, wasn't it? Suicide Squad. Yeah. Got... That 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 got. Yeah. It's like one of the only. But oh, no, Joker technically obviously won quite a bit. It won a few. Yeah. It won a few awards, but it obviously didn't win the best picture. That was a. Ah. Oh. That Asian film, what's it called? Mm. It slipped yeah. my mind. It's on my list. No, it's gone. No, it's that one by the guy who made the the, the film The Host. Yeah. It's gonna bug me. That is, I can't remember what it's called. I like how like your description of like that that Asian film is like that's like me going oh, do you know, uh, the American film. <laughs> oh, I can't think. It, what it's it was Korean. It was it was a South Korean movie. Is that narrowed down even more for you? Oh, really? <laughs> a Korean film. There's that train to Busan. That no, it's the only one I know. But oh, you fucking you're making me Google it. Where's my Google again? This is James. This is when we need him here. Uh, the only time we need. Hold on. I know the best place to look for this is on Amazon because it's on Amazon Video. That's where I've put it in my list to watch. Uh, watch list. Uh, Parasite, that was it. Parasite. That was it. Another film that went black and white at one point as well. Mm. But uh, obviously that beat the Joker to a few awards. But I mean, apart from obviously those sort of movies like Black Panther and Joker, they never really throw a bone to any other movie. Like comic mm. book wise, as I say, the, the occasional like, you know, the dress style and shit like that. That's it. They never really go like, oh, best picture. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I've, okay, yeah. fair enough with some of them. I, I, fair enough with some. You don't know, obviously, because some are just like these generic sort of movies. But I mean, some do deserve a bit more recognition. Obviously, Joker deserved the recognition. Yeah, uh, they does. I feel like for how impactful Black Panther was, it did deserve a bit of recognition. Um, I feel like Endgame deserved a bit more recognition and Infinity oh, yeah, War because those were two big movies. Yeah, I think in the Infinity War, I think Chris, like, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth, like, they deserve something good for that. Because they, they were brilliant in that. And obviously in Endgame, all, all three of them really needed something. Yeah, exactly, but obviously they got fuck all. And as I said, yeah. this, this deserved a bit more than it, it 
even got nominated for. It deserved a lot more than it did. I remember watching this back in 2017 in cinema. Yeah. I went out, I want to say a Saturday night, sat back in the cinema and had a blast watching this movie. And I had a blast watching it today while crying watching it. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> like, there's so much great with this, with this film that it definitely deserves a lot. Like, even some, it's as subtle as, like, the visuals were fucking amazing. Like, yeah, I like them hands done. down. Like Hugh Jackman was amazing in it. Um, even like all the others, like um, I was like before Patrick Stewart, he was fucking amazing in there. Like you could actually believe he was deteriorating and that he was on the verge uh, of dying, and, essentially. And, yeah, and as broken as Logan is. Exactly. Yeah, uh, even sort of like Roman Peg Laura, she. Was amazing as well. Like she actually managed to hold her own with Logan there. Like, it was great as Hugh Jackman, and she managed to like really work with him. Exactly. I can understand that she improved with him. Like, her, what she felt would have been better than what was actually written, and they went with her version. So. Okay, okay. Uh, we'll move on then. We spoke yeah. quite a while then. We got really into that conversation. So we'll move on to the opening sequence, which is obviously what I've dubbed Logan, the limo, and the thieves. Uber because, driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Uber driver, as uh, Hayden likes to call it. Obviously, uh, essentially a, a kind of a drunk-ish Wolverine. He's a bit, he's a bit tipsy here. Oh, yeah. He's obviously a bit injured as well. And obviously his limo is getting stolen. Well, he's hubcapped against Donald from the limo. Then he comes out, confronts him, gets shot, then goes full Wolverine on him and just mur- mm. brutally murders everyone. And I love this scene for the fact that, obviously, when he gets shot, you have that transition of the Logan just popping on the screen. Instead of like this, you know, like, obviously, you look at the Avengers movies, he's just, just black and then you have the title come on the screen, like yeah. this cinematic moment. This didn't need it. It just needed that subtle Logan. It just needed to pop on the screen. That was it, which works so yeah. well for me. And then the actual fight itself, because it starts off like showing that he can still like hand himself, but he's, he's weak. weak. He's weak as fuck, and they can just take him down. But then it also showcases that when he gets angry, he still has the power just to wipe the floor with these fuckers, which he did when he cut that one guy's arm off. He fucking just stabbing him left, right, and centre. It was a great scene, a great opening yeah. for this movie. It set the tone for what this movie was going to be. He definitely felt like an old man, Logan. Definitely. All he is missing is the cowboy hat. Yeah. Also, about well, this is also like the biggest difference between the the the, uh, the comics and the film because in in that comic he was a pacifist. Brilliant. Really, she just uh, you know stab 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 stab. Yeah, he definitely isn't. Which to be fair, <laughs> for this being his last movie, he didn't have to be. We needed him going full Wolverine on these fuckers. Oh, yeah. I feel like if he was a pacifist. I don't know, I feel like it would have been a bit more duller. I feel like those moments of Wolverine going for Wolverine is what, you know, gets you I mean, there. He kind, of, kind of had that in the first film, like he, the previous film. The previous yeah. film, he wanted to be a pacifist, but just couldn't get yeah, from it, being Yeah, it, it kind of wouldn't have made any sense. Obviously, if this does slightly continue from the others, it wouldn't make any sense of him, you know, being yeah. a pacifist. It yeah. wouldn't make any sense. Because accepting who, in the previous film, he accepted who he was. And now in this time, it's more like he knows who he is. It's just he's moved on. He's moved from it. I need to call an Uber driver. Yeah. <laughs> who drives a limo? 
and gets tits, tits flashed at him and, you know, kids in the back shitting USA just to rile up the, uh, the other nationality. Uh, yep. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like this film couldn't have opened in any better way. I feel like it just tops the Hiroshima scene for me from the last film. Oh, definitely. Because that was good, but this just tops it for the fact it set the tone of what hair this movie was going to be. It showcased, obviously, the fact that it's going to have loads of gore. It showed that Wolverine fuck. was going to swear like fuck. Yeah, definitely. Because obviously it's that one bit when he's like, motherfucker. And you're like, okay, well, I'm getting into this. And it, 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 even the fact that it shows that he's protected, even though, obviously, it's a vehicle, it shows how protective he's going to be later in this movie when it comes to yeah. Laura and obviously Charles. But the fact that he's trying to stop the limo getting shot, he's like, not the, mm. not the car, not the car. And obviously he's getting shot himself and the car gets shot. And he's like, for fuck's sake. And he's like, fuck this shit. I'm, oh, that's it, I'm done. And then this goes full Wolverine on them, which mm. is great to watch. As well, like I mentioned before, it has like there's no like unnecessary exposition. Like he doesn't go around like saying, "Damn it, Adamant is weak in me" or something. They show it instead. They show how he's weaker instead of like actually him telling it. He he, well, he does say sort of say it later on in the movie. He says, because yeah, when he says he says that it's it's in both of us and it's probably what's killing me. Yeah. He never actually it it does it right. It doesn't like just force yeah. it. It does it like. How they did it was, really that was more like in the character while like he's telling her because she needs to know in for the future. Exactly. But like in that phase, that in that first moment, he wouldn't need to like address it, would he? Because for him, it's just yeah, like exactly. It it feel a bit forced. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that I'm I'm I agree. Like, I'm glad they didn't do something like that. Yeah. You can sort of tell by yourself that he's not the Wolverine we know, but he's still mm-hmm. at the same time is. So yeah, it's like, that's like great. A, in the audience, like adults and not like a kid. Exactly, because this movie was for adults. Yeah, because like, as you can tell, there's a lot of like gore. And you mean the fact that he cut a guy's hand off in the first five, five yeah, minutes? Yeah. <laughs> also, like it, they um don't have like unnecessary action and stuff. Where like just to keep people entertained. No, it's... they can have these slow moments. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, uh, we'll move on to casting characters. So first off, we have obviously Logan, played by Hugh Jackman, who also plays X twenty four in this movie. Yes, he does. He plays good and bad, which works for this film. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in the movie Van Helsing, which is definitely not a subtle hint. Um, I do love that. You do love Van Helsing, do you? Yeah, I do. It's a good film with bad CGI. <laughs> Yeah, the CGI was awful, but the film itself was pretty good. I think in this, I think Hugh Jackman gives us another side to Logan, and it works so well. He he gives us, obviously, this emotional side, as well as this sort of darker tone. Yeah, I think as well, he's probably the most human he's been. Yeah, hands down. Hands down, it's the most human he's been. And on top of that, he gives us a decent villain portrayal as well of X-24. Though he doesn't say a word, he's he's physical acting... showcases which is great yeah. it shows how good Hugh Jackman is I think that's the whole point of like having him there he's supposed to be like, X-24 he's supposed to be his pure animalistic like side yeah it's like just, just no human whatsoever I think that's why he didn't speak it's like he's supposed to be just rage yeah pure killing and not like an actual person which is what Logan really is I, I, yeah. agree. I agree with that. 
I think that's better, right? So the whole point of Wolverine, like he's always been struggling with the fact that he he feels himself to be an animal. Like he, th- he thinks he's just a killing machine. Obviously, compare him to X twenty four, you realize just how human he is. Exactly. Oh, I, I hands down agree with that. I'm ha- on my hands are on my desk. I agree with that statement. That is, that, that is a great statement. Well, well, well done. Magnificent. <laughs> thank you, collector. Thank you. Um, so next up, we obviously have Charles Xavier, played by the great Patrick Stewart, who oh. obviously made he's made his name in a lot of stuff over the years, yeah. including obviously playing Picard in the old Star Trek shows. But he obviously <laughs> reprised that role recently in you know that Star Trek Picard series, which was a, essentially quite quite like Logan. And it was a darker toned version of what he made famous. And as, yeah. as you said during obviously our early thoughts. He's great in this movie. He literally makes you think that he's he is this mess of a man now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you, you couldn't have asked for a better portrayal. way of doing it. Yeah. His portrayal in this is almost as great as his portrayal as a piece of shit in the Mojo movie. I had a drink in my fucking mouth. You couldn't have waited until a, a, a gulped. I can't see. <laughs> Nah, his his best performance has got to be in extras when he keeps ta- when he keeps talking about he's uh, got a superpower and he, he just like looks at someone next minute and naked. <laughs> do, you, do you remember that? I do. <laughs> he's uh, like, and then in my mind they are naked. <laughs> he's always like a good character, like actor to have. Yeah, and he, I'm glad they brought him back for this. Yeah, it's just a shame they didn't bring back a. Fucking Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Because I remember like a Graham Norton show interview after when this was coming out, and he he come walking out and goes, "Why wasn't I in the movie?" He's like, "Um, um." It's like, "Come on, why wasn't I, I in the movie?" He's like, "Oh shit." So I think. I like, Yeah. I think Ian McKenna like was there for the fact that. Uh, I think it was when Beauty and the Beast came out, so he was there promoting Beauty yeah. and the Beast, and he just walked out towards both Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart and was like, come on, why wasn't I in the movie? And yeah. they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I like to think, like, in my little hey, canon, that um, Mac- Magneto was there when um, Xavier had that moment where he killed most, like, some X-Men. I like to think he also killed him, and that's the reason why he, like, shut down and tried to repress that memory. That's a good feeling. Of all the people, that is the one person that I think he would he would like break down, knowing you hurt. Oh, that's a good theory. I like I like that theory. I like that theory a lot. But I know a lot of a lot of people are running, but obviously it would have been cool if Leaf Shree, but come back a saber tooth. Yeah, and like, like instead of being like X twenty four, it's him. No, no, not, not, not in a villain role, like in an actual sort of slightly good guyish role. Ah, like he's, yeah. it sort of helps. Him out, and obviously maybe they both die. Who knows? Mm. But obviously they didn't do that, and they went with this. He takes out, he takes them by protecting Laura. Maybe who knows? That would have been. Oh, he takes the kids and protects them. And it shows like a different side to say. Yeah. But they they missed an opportunity there. <laughs> but then of course they were, we're about to explain the reason why he hasn't gone for the weird change he has for the X Men. Well, they did retcon a lot of stuff in Days of Future Past, so they could have retcon mm. that. They could have. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next character up is the first of our two villains, 
well, it's technically three, but I've done the one already. Uh, Dr. Xander Rice, played by Richard E. Grant. And uh, I look, obviously, there's a lot of stuff I could have said for him. Yeah, obviously, Hitman's oh, bodyguard, yeah. he was in there. But I've got one here for you, Hayden, which I think you'll uh, agree is a good pick for me here. The Hoyt mm-hmm. Henry movie. I didn't <laughs> think I thought of. <laughs> I was looking for the stuff. I was like, what can I say? Because I could say, say Hitman's Bodyguard because he was in a scene in that. And I was like, there's lots of other things I could say he's from as well. And I was like, Hoyt Henry movie. Hayden will respect me saying that as his choice. I mean, you could have said, like, when Doctor Who, you could have said so much stuff, but uh, Harry Henry, because <laughs> that is the first thing I thought of. It's a, you know, it's an alright film <laughs> from back in the day. Yeah, I mean, I obviously loved it because obviously he has Kim Lewis in it, but it's a pretty good film. He had, yeah. he had Dick and Dom, fucking Dick and Dom. There's a lot of pe- famous people in. It's a very British movie. <laughs> no shit, the British series based. Yeah, it's totally going to be very <laughs> British, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, uh, I think he, obviously he's not a lot in this movie. He's, he, he's a bit like, obviously, the old guy from the last film. He comes in every now and again. But when he's in it, he does a good job, to be fair. Obviously, he's in... I think his first sort of introduction is... Oh, when's... It's with the helicopter. When the helicopter comes in, isn't it? After the uh, attack at the facility. He then comes in as a little sequence, which was a decently active scene. And then, obviously, comes back later on when they capture Laura. And yeah. he's there just yelling at X twenty four. He's like, "Come back here now!" And I, I think he, I think he does a decent job. He, he he's a good actor too. To be fair, they couldn't have chose yeah. a better actor. I think he did a good job of being this sort of villainous character, mm. like he was in the Horrid Henry movie. He's always very good at being that kind of sinister kind of. Yeah, character. very I mean, much. Like, he once like voiced like two villains in Doctor Who. Technically free, because in that one episode, because he played obviously he played the Great Intelligent, he's like supposed to be like the like anti antithesis of the Doctor and whatnot. So he went for like through like the Doctor's time stream and all that kind of shit. But he also played um, the human that he possessed, and he pay, played um, what's his he played like some weird like bad guy in the animated on the animated episode. Hmm. Mm. It's a good actor. It's pretty good. He's a very good British actor. We've got two good British actors in this movie. Very British. Very, very British, British, this movie is. Very British. Yeah. Uh, he's always like, good for the sinister kind of thing. Yeah, and I think they, they chose the right one to play Rice. Obviously, technically speaking, one of the early sort of ideas was it was going to be Mr. Sinister, wasn't it? Because it was going to follow on from Apocalypse with the idea of Mr. Sinister coming into it. And then yeah. that didn't come through, so they went with this guy instead. Then they were going to do the same with New Mutants, and then they scrapped that. And then put another bad guy in the scrap there, and then went with something out. But yeah, yeah, he's a good actor. <laughs> Next uh, villain we have is uh, Donald Pierce, the guy with the robot hand, played by Boyd oh. Holbrook, who was in the Predator. Mm-hmm. And he's uh, a very good, like seven draw. He makes it a very western kind of film. Yeah, he helps emphasize that. I think. He's a good, I, I do like Boyd Holbrook. I liked him in uh, Narcos. He was like a... I think he was a cop in that. And a lot of stuff I've seen him in, if, if, even if it's like a bit naff, he does a good job. He does... Like Predator, for example, that was you know, a half-decent movie at best. But he was like the standout of the film. And I think as the sort of actual sort of 
villain that's going to be on the screen a lot more than the other villains, they chose the right actor because I think he does a really good job. He's very menacing at times as well as like sort of down to earth as well. He's got his yeah, like, like, when he gets in the limo with Wolverine, he's a bit down to earth. But then later yeah. on, when he's obviously uh, after getting knocked out by Wolverine, he becomes a bit more aggressive and you know villainous. It's like I like how like even though he's completely okay with torturing and experimenting on kids, he's also really wants to get some. He's really like a really fanboy and wants to get some like autographs and shit. <laughs> and he's like, I'm a fan of yours, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> you saw my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> It's not the first. It's not the first person who's uh, said they're a fan of him. There's a lot of uh, characters in X Men movies that go, "I'm a fan of yours." Almost like every single like X Men audience member, he's a big fan of Logan. Basically, yeah. Look at that. That everyone's favorite character. Okay, uh, we'll move on to our next uh, character, which is our good guy character, one of the last two good guys we have got here, and it's uh, Caliban, played by Stephen Merchant. Come um, on, it's Stephen fucking Merchant. A great British actor. Exactly. And obviously, it's, it's the second time Caliban's been seen it. The first time the year before in Apocalypse, where it was more it like a bit part, just to showcase that, that basically to get characters from point A to point B. Whereas this yeah. is actually a bit more of a main presence. And they chose the right actor here because he's obviously, you say, he's been in loads of stuff. Obviously, he was in, was it the two, wasn't he the two fairy, The Rock? I he was. He was, yeah, yes. I thought he was. And, uh, uh, he was in a like, film that I liked as well. Come hmm. out two years ago, I think it was. He, which he wrote, he directed, hmm. and he starred in. <laughs> which was fighting with my family. That that one about the wrestler yeah. from Norwich. I, I want to watch that. You want to? It's a good film. I recommend it. It's a great movie, and he's he plays actually quite a funny part in it. He's only in like a bit of it. He's like the her brother's wife, girlfriend. I can't remember off the top of my head what it was. Basically, her dad. And it's quite funny. And obviously, he wrote that movie and he directed that movie. And have you ever seen him maybe write uh, his scripts because he, he, he can't get under a table? Um, have you ever seen Have you ever seen him do an interview when he explains how he writes scripts? He says he, he says when he, he goes like to like, hotel rooms and obviously they haven't got any tables and if they do, he, he's obviously he's too he's fucking massive. He's too tall to get underneath a table. So he has to like make a makeshift. Like he has to do like a MacGyver table out of like different things that are in the room just to make it so you can actually write. <laughs> he like, was there explaining like, how he was doing this. Like, he's like, oh, there's like a, an ironing board there. I'll whip that out. I'll put that down. I'll put this in there and this in there. And he goes, there you go. I've got my table to write on. And I was like, oh, that sounds exactly like what Stephen Merchant would do though. Because he's, he's good. I think he's like America's like, if they want like a British comedian like starring as a role, it's usually like him. Yeah. Um, some of the like greats, but normally it's him. I do like that. He's, he's a good actor, and obviously it was shown in this. He played more of a serious role in this than you used to seeing him play, and he he knocks it at the park. Obviously, he's he's way better than the Caliban we got in Apocalypse, but that was because it was oh, yeah. that was a completely different style of Caliban we got in that movie. But this version, obviously, this version as well showcases the the burning side of the fact the fact they can't be outside. Yeah. And he did it well. I like that scene when he's getting burnt and his head just drooling. That was really well look that looked great. And it was sold more by him just drooling. Obviously as well, the there's a whole point of like he like the, the um big bad southern bad guy. Yeah. He's the one that's pushing the finger, oh careful the light or something like that. And there's a callback when he obviously he, he goes 
boom. Yeah, he's like, uh, beware the light. Beware the light, yeah. He's boom. I love that. Uh, I love that scene. Mm. Yeah, he, he was a he was a great choice for Caliban. It was interesting to see him actually utilize Caliban a bit more. Yeah, which is interesting. So obviously, he's not a mutant that's usually massively used. As yeah. seen with Apocalypse, he was just there to uh, you know, go. Oh yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, you, you know, Magneto has gone crazy. Go back to Charles. There you go. And then, ah, uh, you know, here's my assistant, Apocalypse. Ah, oh, you're gonna have her. Ah. Oh. Basically, yeah. that's, that was his role in that movie. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I summed it up very good there, to be yeah. fair. I mean, like, of all the characters from the X-Men, people probably thought, like, oh, why didn't they use Storm? Why didn't they use this character? This character? But, like, I think the whole point is, he's probably, of all of the, um, like, mutants, he's one of the ones that probably would have survived this long, just hiding away from all, like, the fights and chaos and stuff. Being able to know where people are, so that he's capable of hiding from all this, any kind of like trouble. Whereas obviously, other like not- notable X Men members would be dead. Exactly, dead and, like, killed by Xavier by accident. And the only one that probably would have survived that attack is Wolverine. Exactly, the, one, the main person in the film. Exactly. But it makes be more of a background unknown like fairly unknown kind of character exactly they chose the right one i think yeah and obviously last off we have a uh, laura obviously x23 played by daphne Keane, who was in the tv series his dark materials which also starred james mcavoy who played yeah. the younger version of patrick stewart's charles xavier <laughs> huh connections um, but yeah she does she does good in this she's obviously she, the, the first like so long she's in it she plays a mute but then when she obviously starts speaking a bit later on, but even when she's just this mute character, she sells it more on obviously a, a body acting again, which yeah. shows I you mean, uh, your skill, basically. If you can basically sell a character without even saying a word, you know you're good. Okay. And she does I it. Mean, well, like, I think the reason why she starts off as a mute and slowly becomes more warming like Logan for that is another like, like, parallel, because obviously the whole point of Logan, he's struggling with the whole animistic side and his human side, and that's kind of the same kind of thing here. She starts off with this like at pure raid kind of like like X twenty four, but then becomes more human. I think because of the connection with Logan, so more parallels than done. Yeah, I've, I've, she, she's a good choice. She's good in that Dark Material series as well, but in this, she's great. I mean, you, you remember when I was, like, really excited for X-23. <laughs> yep, I remember. I read the comics of X-23, and my God, are they fucking dark. Like, there are scenes of her self-harming herself. You know, she can heal. She does it in this as well? Yeah. There's that one sequence where she cuts her wrists, and then it just keeps yeah. healing. And they're like, whoa, 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 stop doing that, stop doing that. She's like, <laughs> like, the whole point in the... Like, it's more focused in the comics, but, like, the whole point is, like... Because her existence is pretty much just... I'm here to kill. Like they have like a trigger scent with her as well, like in the comic. Like she, she smells something, and she was going to blind range and slaughter anything in the vicinity. And that's how she ends up killing like her own like fake mom because of that scent. It's mm. Dark as fuck. She, she becomes a fucking prostitute at one point. <laughs> Seriously, in the comic. She becomes a prostitute. Okay. And then, well, uh... 
yeah, if you end up like killing like this like really bad person who was trying to get it to act like a child. Because in, uh, in the comic, she's more older. I think we'll move yeah. away from that. Yeah. I think we'll move on to the yeah. next uh, topic of conversation here, which is um, um, story. I doubt it could have been. Let's talk, let's talk, about, let's talk about the story then. So, uh, the start is basically, obviously, you, you meet the new Logan. Then the middle is basically on the run with Laura and Charles. And the end mm-hmm. is basically, you know, Logan's final battle, which basically sums up the sort of plot in the way this movie goes. And I think it's a good story. I think they chose the perfect story for this. It. it Obviously, this sort of last act, last hurrah, essentially, for these characters. Showcasing, obviously, him going from, obviously, essentially beaten at the start anyway, but slowly going down and down and down, even more, even more, was yeah. the perfect choice of sort of plotting for this movie. And I think the villains they chose as well were the perfect choices to go, obviously, against him. For the fact that X-24 took him to the limit, it literally, that's the whole reason it ends as it does. Because X twenty four took him to the limit, and yeah. he's the only villain that's really took him to the limit. Though Silver Samurai did take him to the limit, you can't yeah. really say much with that for the fact that he was stealing his adamantium and that, which is you know cheating essentially. Yeah, you said like this is the whole point is that the best person to kill Wolverine is Wolverine. Wolverine, yeah, essentially. Even this weakened old man version. Exactly, Wolverine would just, just whoop his ass. Yeah. I, I just think they chose the perfect story. I, I can't. I can't really fault it at all. Yeah. It flows whole, perfectly. The plot's pretty simple, but it has to be for the character-driven moments to be so good. You don't want the plot to outshine these the characters themselves. This particular type of movie, and they handle that really well. Hands down, they handle it perfectly. You you couldn't ask for anything better for this yeah. last film. Okay, then uh, we'll quickly move on then to uh, cinematography. And this is an exceptional piece of cinematography, this film is. Uh, that, obviously, I so said that one sequence when the, just the title appears on the screen next to him. That was beautiful looking. I just think the whole film is shot perfectly. The whole forest sequence when he's running through the forest looked beautiful. Yeah. The whole sequence within the deserts and that looked really cool. The fucking scenes when Charles, is, uh, his mind's deteriorating and he's having to walk through all the pain. That looked fucking amazing to watch. Yeah, he's uh, just crawling like... through all the fucking walls trying to get to him. Yeah. That looked cool. See how, like, the closer he gets to Charles, the more intense it gets. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's good. It it's, is good. It's perfect. The uh, lighting is great. So that's what I like with these Wolverine films. The fucking the cinematography gets better every time. So obviously we said the first one was a like very yeah. average, mediocre cinematography, but the second one was vastly improved. It was great, but this one is just amazing. It's kind of like ironic as well, though, because like the whole point is the character supposed to go from top to like bot- like he can go story wise. It's character going downhill, whereas the quality is <laughs> going uphill. Goes up massively. <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> He's he's sort of the lows it can be, then it goes up like pretty good, then like a steep up, probably like top of Everest kind of moment. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's, it, this is a weird franchise because it's a very rare franchise goes uphill with installments, but it does happen occasionally. John Wick's the prime example I had last week. It, yeah, that's the franchise or, that goes up. Or the Sam Raimi Spider Man that goes from like pretty good to fucking amazing at the third film. <laughs> For fuck's sake! Like, that you could be like, like character moments. Fucking hell! You, you know what? You know what I hate. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you there. 
Oh, I love Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Shit, film, but it's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's it's a bad movie, but it's 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 good just for the fact Sam Raimi did it on purpose. It's like, it's like Star Wars prequels. They're so bad you can't. Like, yeah, you not got, watch. yeah, basically. You've got to watch it. It's fucking. Brilliant. Essentially, yeah. Okay. Then... The film with the memes like make the film better. <laughs> I think you know when a film creates memes, that it's an incredible film. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Spider-Man, all Spider-Man, Sam Raimi Spider-Man's, the prequel Star Wars and Shrek. <laughs> yeah, of me makes a film better. But yeah, cinematography, yeah, hands down, probably some of the best cinematography you'll see out there. Okay. For me, it's probably the best cinematography I've seen since Jaws. No, mm-hmm. I did like Joker cinematography. I've said that many yeah. times. I enjoyed that vastly. I, I tip this over Joker. I think. The whole point, like this one, it was like just, just stunningly beautiful. Yeah. Whereas Joker is more like bleak and dark. It, it was good, but it was like hard to watch. Good. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I agree there. Well done. Whereas that one was like it just aesthetically, it's more beautiful. Exactly. Can obviously, I... this is the benefit of the um, black and white as well. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. I do want to talk about that. It's just a shame that I'll, well, I'll explain a bit more in a, what I was going to say, about to say in a minute. Uh, but yeah, we'll move on then to score. And I think this is the best score in the whole trilogy. The score yeah. is phenomenal. Heck, when you put the Blu-ray disc in and it's on the menu, it's got that... That theme. It's got that over the back of it. And I obviously, I didn't take the disc out straight away earlier. And it was just playing in the background. I was like, man, that that, that score is fucking amazing. That just makes me want to click play again. It builds you up. I think the best bit of music in the whole film, though, is this, the forest scene at the end. Now, when it goes really quiet, and you, yeah. that, you hear that piano in the background, and then Wolverine like, starts running through the, the forest, roaring. That bit just got me. I don't want to sound like James, so it got me hard, but you get where I'm going with this. It got you, James. It got me, James. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think this is probably the best score in the whole trilogy. And uh, again... All the X-Men films, music-wise, definitely. Yeah, I, I agree there. I think it's the best in the whole X-Men franchise. And again, I'm going to say this. Best score we've covered since Jaws. Though Joker was a good score. Yeah, even though it was very hard well, to pronounce. Uh, in controversial moments. but it was Yeah, good. even though the uh, artist was very hard to pronounce for Hayden. Uh, it was a good score. But it, this is probably the best since John Williams' Jaws soundtrack. Mm. Yeah, was, that was good. And this is just... Magnificent. Yeah, it's, it almost rivals Shrek. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, okay, uh, <laughs> next up is special effects, which this used quite a bit. Obviously, the, oh. the blood effects now was obviously a lot of that special mm. effects and whatnot. Uh, the whole face when he's driving, that scene when he's in the car chase, that was obviously mm. a stunt double. Then just obviously put Hugh Jackman's face over it, and you can't really tell. No. It looks like Hugh Jackman. As well, the claws is probably the best I've ever looked. Yeah. That one scene when his claws are like, uh, all the way down. Yeah. That was cool. And then he has to pull it out. That was brutal to watch. And he'd have to pull it out. His hands all bleeding because he's cutting into his hands. Whoa, that was good to watch. Uh, so like, he's, the thing as well, the whole point is like, it's not just his claws, he's got, got to do as well. And there's X23s and 24s claws. So I think they had to put a lot of focus on that, making them look amazing. To not only make it look good, but also to differentiate it from the first film. 
because those chorus were awful. But <laughs> this one and the previous one and this one were brilliant. Yeah. Visually. Even the sort of yeah. things like the 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 gun uh, the gunshots of the X twenty fours head at the end yeah. that looked good and the bullets falling out of Logan's chest that looked really good. I reckon I'm assuming that was probably maybe a mixture of uh, VFX and special like normal practical. Mm-hmm. The bullets being the practical side of it, but obviously the VFX being the you know the he- slightly healing part of it and then pushing them out. Yeah. But yeah, special effects probably the best to be in the whole. It just explains this trilogy. It's, everything's the b- better than it was previously. Let's just say that and move on. <laughs> because it was. And we'll move on Have to we... action then. Which, oh. again, it's probably the best it's been the whole series. But this one's more like they savour the action moments for the right times. And when they do, Fucking hell, it's amazing. Yeah. We'll skip the, obviously, Thief fight because we did that for the, talking about the intro. So we'll skip on to the next yeah. fight, which is obviously Logan and Laura versus the soldiers when they come after Laura at the base. And nice. that was a good fight. It's when, at first, obviously, you Jamie's getting his ass kicked and obviously yeah. uh, she comes in and starts fighting. Then he sort of slowly starts fighting but he gives up. He's like, no, I'm not, not going to do anything that much. But then he's watching her basically just brutally like, fight for all these uh, oh. bad guys for the fact the head bit when she walks out and throws that guy's head on the floor and he's like no yeah. no and then he starts just cutting away for her more and he jam is like oh, you know what fuck I'm gonna get involved now and obviously he starts butchering mm-hmm. and whatnot and then he watches her get dragged away and then her claw pops out of her foot and he's like what the fuck I and, love it and then he obviously stops because he has to obviously go and get Charles to help him and he has to fucking butcher some guy. That bit when he chucks that guy in the back of the car and just fucking stabs him in the face. That looked yeah. fucking good to watch. And obviously then oh. Laura doing the uh, flips and that when she's cutting through him with the claws in her feet. Yeah. That looked fucking amazing. That whole fight, it's not my favourite fight in the film, but it's a good fucking fight. I love that moment as well when he, fu- when he first realises that he, she had some same powers. Yeah, he's, but- whoa. He's like, how is this possible? I also like the differences and how they fight as well. Because obviously, the whole point of X-23, she's like, she's based off X, obviously Wolverine, but the animal she's based off is more of like, like lionesses and like female, like big cats and stuff. Whereas Wolverine's based off, like, the way obviously he's more at Wolverine, how he fights. He's very similar to how they fight. And they, they did little differences, like the fact that she like, goes for more vulnerable parts and he just goes straight for chest kind of ways so i love, love the differences and how they fight as, as you know she's more flippy and yeah she's a lot more agile for the fact that she like, climbs yeah. on that one guy's face and starts stabbing the shit out of his head yeah. whereas Wolverine sure. would just cut the head clean off and she just have the foot claw as well yeah so. it's it's, it's, it's a good fight it's mm. a it's not i say it's not a favorite fight but it's a good fight and obviously then yeah. there's like the whole car chasing and whatnot he's having to deal with them that way and obviously shows her healing ability as well in the car chase when she gets obviously hit and she has to suck the bullet out and charles is like whoa what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> she's like you <laughs> very much like you like you but she doesn't have the pee <laughs> <laughs> basically then obviously it's a little while then before we get our next fight which is the obviously soldiers at the hotel when obviously charles has his meltdown that obviously it's not really a fight for the fact it's just Wolverine killing loads of people but I love yeah. that sequence and stuff that obviously at first he doesn't have to use his claws to fucking go war to war but it's the fucking soldiers faces man when they see him coming towards them they're like you can see it in the face like 
Oh, we're <laughs> fucked. The, the faces literally are saying we're fucked. And obviously they're one by one putting his claws for the heads and whatnot. That was fucking brutal and cool to watch. It's, it, every every single face you look at, they're all looking down at him. It's like, well, we're boned. Um, bye bye. <laughs> it, it's a good sequence. Mm. And obviously topped off by Charles's, mm. the, the sort of visual effects of Charles's pushing them all, like freezing them all in spot. It's not just them. Obviously, it's freezing yeah. everyone in that fucking vicinity. Obviously, the only person who's strong enough to deal with it is the one who's resistant to, like, telepathic... And obviously, Laura on the floor. Because she's yeah, obviously trying to pass him. The... She has to pass him the injection, doesn't she, to help him stop. And obviously, it's, it's when he goes downstairs uh, after that, and he's just there going, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry to everyone. I don't know. No one's going to know what the fuck he's done about. They're like, What? Not half of them are fucking unconscious on the floor, and he's there just apologising to unconscious corpses, which shows his sympathetic side. Oh, yeah, because obviously the whole point is he didn't want this to happen. He's just a broken man. Exactly. And obviously, then again, it's a little while before we get our next fight, because obviously we have to meet that, you know, the dead family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, we meet them, we befriend them, we have our last supper, whatnot. And obviously, the water goes there, it's so a Logan, obviously, the dad has to go and deal with that. But obviously, then. We get obviously this like, bonding moment. Obviously, Laura uh, sort of bonds with the son a bit more. With obviously, the music yeah. and whatnot, and his trophies. But then, obviously, when she goes to bed, and Charles is in bed. Obviously, we meet the obviously these sort of arsehole farmer guys, entrepreneur geezers with Logan and that. When Logan snaps, mm. punches the one guy, snaps his uh, gun. He's like, "Oh, why don't you go play Oakley Dickhead somewhere else?" And uh, <laughs> this film's got some good comedy moments. It, it knows when to do it. Like when yeah. he, uh, uh, Charles goes, "I need to go pee." <laughs> that, that, that was funny, but um, and obviously when obviously what we think is uh, Wolverine because they do it right because obviously they have Logan in his tank top, so when we see a figure yeah. enter Charles' room, it's also got a tank top. So you're like, oh, Logan's back. That's cool. And obviously there's a whole sequence of Charles like having his like heart to heart with Logan, explaining that he, he's realised yeah. everything. He knows what's going on. He's you know one the same there. He knows what he's feeling and whatnot. And then you just power up to the Wolverine's face and you, cause obviously you see Laura's face on the floor she can tell it's not him instantly but then you see obviously this sort of obviously f- flat top Wolverine and you're like wait what that, that's not Logan obviously Charles turns over and the last second he's like Logan and obviously just stabs him in the chest which as I said I cried at watching today yeah. I teared up I was fucking I was gone I was like oh my god no, this is too sad obviously we have Laura fucking just dive on his back start stabbing the shit out of him obviously yeah. you get to see obviously this Wolverine's like, healing ability and whatnot. And then obviously she's knocked and con- knocked down and the, uh, the kid comes in with the baseball bat, gets fucking his ass kicked. But at that point, we then see that, that he's being watched through his eyes. He's like cameras in his eyes because Rice yeah. and obviously the other bad guy sat in the van outside watching. They're literally watching him do this. And he's like, and Caliban's getting upset now. He's like, oh, you said you only wanted the girl because obviously he's friends with Charles and he's seen innocent people yeah. as well die. And he's like, you're killing people and charles what the hell and obviously in the process the kid dies then the mom comes out she's obviously got a gun to him then the fucking dad comes back here's his wife die gets killed himself but then that sequence i love that sequence when obviously uh x24 comes walking down the stairs with uh laura and wolverine just looks him dead in the eyes like what the fuck but he doesn't give a shit about what's going on there first thing that comes to his mind is charles and he, scre- yeah. and he screams his name and runs upstairs and he sees him. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's that line of, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. That just broke me completely. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm done. I'm done. I can't, I can't do this. 
it just broke me because that death was just obviously he's not dead at this point because obviously he has a chance to take him downstairs into the back of the truck where he does die but it's it's just sad. it's it's sad I'm tearing up slightly here talking about it. It's, right. it's... it's like he <sighs> sort of comes out of nowhere. Like, yeah, he, that is like proper slow moment. It's like you just gotten used and more comfortable, and then suddenly, wham! Mm-hmm. He's dying, and you're like, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, and obviously it goes from that then, obviously to that uh, X24 taking Laura to the van. But then those fucking guys turn up, the ones that Logan beat up. See him and think, oh, it's that guy again. Let's go and deal with him. And he's like, oh, I can offer you some money. I can start you out with five G's a week. And Logan just fucking just cuts that guy's head. Click that fucking head cut was amazing. And he sliced head cleaner. And then one by one, he's murdering the least. That's obviously when Rice comes out. He starts yelling at him. He's like, you just stop now. Fucking get back to the van now. And obviously, he's not giving a shit because, as we've stated, he's pure animal. This one here, so he doesn't. Though he yeah. listens to some commands, he also doesn't because he's got pissed off at the fact he's been shot. So he's just butchering his way for all these, and obviously why he's butchering. Obviously, yeah, obviously Charles has officially died, and mm-hmm. you see Logan's face like, "I'm that's it, I'm done." And obviously, then obviously these guys die. But on top of that, uh, a soldier and Caliban die because Caliban, as we said, does that line of uh, "Beware the likes." He stole some grenades and blew up the van, taking down Rice distracting a X-24 enough for Wolverine to essentially tackle him and start slicing the shit out of him but then get the shit sliced out of him which looks brutal the fucking the chest of Logan looks fucking amazing and all the cuts in his chest and you can literally see his face he's like what the hell are you and obviously he he gets a little help from the dad who runs fucking X-24 into that fucking spikes and whatnot to save his life before dying himself because yeah Obviously, he blows the shit out of him with a gun. You know, blows his head clean off the side, but then dies himself. And then, obviously, Hugh yeah. Jamming has to fuck... Well, Logan has to drag Laura into the car and we have to drive away to then bury Charles and have that moment when Hugh Jamming's just clicking, kicking the shit out of the car. He's like, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. And then it just collapses. And he have a, again, it slows down a bit more. We have a sympathetic moment when you're meeting a doctor and the doctor's like, oh, let me help him. He's like, no, help yourself while you're not being here. He's like, oh... Let me like do something though. He's like, no, just be fine. You've helped me enough. Let's go. Obviously, then Laura starts to speak, and he's get. Well, obviously, Logan's pissed off because Laura's speaking. He's like, what the fuck? You can speak now, can you? <laughs> he's getting obviously gets really angry about. And obviously, then it slowly keeps going even more and more. Obviously, we see the bad guys gearing up, ready for this final fight, as well as obviously showing Laura, you know, being able to drive now for the fact that Logan's falling asleep at the moment. She's like, he's like, oh, just let's go to sleep. And she just kicks him out the fucking front seat. He's like, okay, I'm going to drive now. And that's obviously when we meet the kids. We met the kids through like video footage earlier on, which is going to come into play in a next film we're going to cover. But um, this is the first time we're actually meeting them all because they're obviously helping Logan. They're fixing him up and everything. And um, Obviously, he's, just, he's basically giving up the money and whatnot. He's, he's befriending them. Uh, they're explaining the plan and whatnot. He's getting shaved by some kids and he's getting really pissed off because I've cut his fucking beard off on me. He's like, that's not funny. And he shows us the little kids for the fact that they're just fucking pissing themselves laughing at the fact that they've shaved the guy. <laughs> I don't know why that makes, I don't know why that's so funny because like, you shave someone. I think it's because the way they did it to make him. I'm sorry that you broke up. Yeah. What was that? You, you broke up a little bit? Uh, I, don't know. I think it, I find it funny. Because they, they did it like the classic like Wolverine kind of style. 
That's what I thought, that's what I thought you were going to say. But yeah, there is a deleted scene from this sequence where obviously he references Sabretooth. Because this kid's like, I think he's got a Sabretooth toy or something like that. And he's like, oh, he's my brother. Which is why people are like, oh, Sabretooth could have been in this film. That would have been amazing. But obviously it yeah. wasn't. Obviously then it keeps going a bit more before they split up. And we get the, you know, first of the three-part forest fight, as I like to call it. Because obviously it starts off with Laura and obviously these mutants showing off their powers, to, taking down soldiers, trying to run away as quick as they can, or getting beat down and whatnot. But obviously Logan's now becoming the Wolverine one last time because he knows what's happening, wants to help, using all the injections that they've got, which basically heal you, but if you use too much, eventually just deteriorates you. And now he's gone full Wolverine because that one, as I said, that one sequence with the piano playing and he's roaring and he's just running Ooh. through. And obviously that it fades into this part where he's fight he's fighting soldiers by himself, cutting through them all. And then he teams up with Laura and has to fight. And obviously they do some cool scenes when they're jump, jumping over his back and everything. They're cutting through these soldiers. Yeah. That whole that whole three part sequence is amazing. This is probably my favorite fight sequence in the whole movie. This forest fight, as I like to call it. It obviously it just slowly builds up to this. Wolverine and Laura last standing against these soldiers, which is an amazing, incredible cinematic fight. Hands down. Definitely. And obviously then it fades into the last fight, doesn't it? Where they have to... Well, well he sends Laura off to go and uh, basically deal with the kids while he deals with Royce and the last bad guy. I just love this scene because Royce there is starting to be sympathetic. It's like... Oh, you've used all everything, you're going to die. Oh, there's no point fighting. And Wolverine's like, ah, oh, fuck you. And just pulls a gun on him, just blows his brains out. And then that guy, the fucking, the, the, the bad guy behind him, is like, oh shit, just trying to duck out of his way. And obviously, they fucking, the kids are getting released, but at the same time, fucking, the last bad guy's released, X24. And we get the final fight, which is Wolverine versus X24. And obviously, yeah. that, Wolverine's getting his straight up, just brutally massacred by fucking X24. But at the same time, the last bad guy is getting massacred by these kids because they're fucking holding him down like that and just killing him in the floor. It's like using all the vines against him, like their power. Every single power is just being used just to kill this last bad guy. Oh my god, it's so brutal. That, it is. His face is like he's literally being like suffocated essentially. And he's like, <laughs> but he's a satisfying villain death. Very satisfying. Obviously, during the Wolverine fight, fucking X twenty four just play with him on top of a fucking tree spikes and Laura has to fucking shoot him in the back of the head because mm. obviously she's got the adamantium bullet which he obviously referenced earlier too he's like oh it's an adamantium bullet you can use it to basically blow our own brains out and whatnot and she does because she blows x 24 brains out to save Wolverine yeah. but <sighs> she doesn't and we'll get to that later but I feel, I feel like this this like little obviously it was only like a little fight but it show it showcased how weak Wolverine is now. Because obviously you showed the earlier fight with X twenty four, how he, when he was Logan, he still had a bit more fight in him to fend him off a little bit longer. But this, he doesn't, because he just gets straight up taken down, butchered and whatnot, and just impaled on a spike. It shows the difference between, essentially, in obviously our duration of watching the movie like thirty minutes ago to now, it shows how much he's got worse and worse. And it, it it's a satisfying end fight for Wolverine. Very satisfying. And obviously, for his death, obviously, like I kept saying, the um, the premonition from the previous film has come true. 
He's lying on his back, blood everywhere, and holding his hand in his heart. There's a heart in his hand. Got the right end. But you get my gist. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. We'll get to the ending yeah. thoughts in a bit. Because obviously, first, obviously, moving on from actions. So you can see, because all of them are great. We'll, we'll just say all of them are great. Forrest is the best one, but all of them are great. Uh, we'll move on to Logan Noir, which, if I get Blu-ray, is the uh, special edition that you get with the Blu-ray and 4K copy. And it is just the film in black and white, which makes this m- movie even better. I loved every single second of watching Noir. Obviously, me and Connor were going to discuss this because Connor was going to be a guest today, but sadly, he was too ill. So we, you know, had to do it without him. But he spoke to me the other day. He was like, oh, Logan Noir is a great version of the movie. It adds to it even more. And I agree, hands down. I think adding a black and white version to a lot of movies does work. The Mist, for example, that adds black and white to its version. It looks great even more. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road looks great even more. There's loads of films that have added black and white. Justice League's doing it. Uh, Zack Snyder's one. He's doing a Justice's uh, Grey version. So hopefully that's good as well. But I feel like Logan Noir fully solidified as this as not just obviously one of the greatest solo superhero comic book movies there is. Like one of the greatest comic book movies in general. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Hands down. I, it just adds. It just looks beautiful in black and white. It's just, oh, I need to watch it in black and white again. I watched a few scenes of it, like in black and white, just to see what it looks looks like. I saw a few scenes. I saw all of him killing people. The action sequences. Yes, and they definitely look good. But unfortunately for me, I can't watch black and white because it hurts my eyes. But because Hayden's weird. The small moments I've seen it, it's really good. Sum that up. Hayden's weird. Logan Noir good. <laughs> um, okay, Hayden, take the floor. Editing. Um, oh, fucking hell. The editing was breathtaking. Really, really, really fucking good. You could tell there was a lot of, like, a lot of effort put into it. They knew when to, like, do the fast, the faster cut. And then they, and then they went to, like, put focus on like, the slow moments. So that helped it with everything, the pacing, the the lighting, brilliant. And adding the whole like black and white filter to the other version, definitely good. So, yeah, anything good, well done. The best that we've seen in any of the X-Men, I think. Yeah, I think the only other decent one I'd probably say would maybe Days of Future's Past. But this is like twice that, ten times yeah. that essentially. It's it's just a great edited movie. Mm-hmm. Even even obviously as we move on to pace of the movie, I think the pace is perfect. Obviously yeah. the editing helps with the pacing because it's not like if you look at some of the X Men films, obviously, uh, say obviously they'll do like one fight say sequence. Like for Days of Future Past, for example, they did a sequence of obviously them fighting the Sentinel at the start. Then it cuts to yeah. obviously. The, uh, them going to the past and whatnot, and obviously it keeps cutting into different parts of like, places. But this, yeah. it doesn't really do a, a lot of time jumps. It literally goes from, like, say, for example, him doing the fighting the people at the start. It literally flows to him straight away, driving away to fix himself, to then driving like throughout his day, like, his usual night routine, to then going mm-hmm. back. And obviously, even when like, say there's a sequence where he's not in the scene. They cut in like like what's happening at the exact same moment to then fade back into him doing what he was doing before, but carrying on. 
So yeah, it's it's spot on pacing. They do it great. Definitely. Like the whole point of I was because it's not as many characters. It's quite limited. Yeah, the characters they use, it's gonna flow a lot better because the Days of Future Past is basically like their uh, their end game. Essentially, their, yeah. Um, yeah, like with all the characters I can find and like keep cutting to them to like, oh, that's like what this character that this character's doing. That's what that's doing. Blah blah blah. blah. And they gets a bit. They do, would would get a bit like the pacing wouldn't be the best, basically. Yeah. This because it's they're focusing solely on Logan. Really, that's when it just it's brilliant. That's what helps a lot of these sort of solo driven ones, like Joker and uh, is it hasn't yeah. got obviously there's a few other characters here, but they are obviously side focused. The main focus is him, so the flow is a lot nicer. So. Yeah, pacing's brilliant in this movie. I, I, I can't fault it. Definitely. And one thing I also can't fault is their production design. I think the sets look amazing. I I, I, well, I, they managed to like make the whole place look both po- post-apocalyptic and futuristic at the same time. Yeah, because obviously you've got he's like he's home. That obviously that place that looks really like post-apocalyptic. Yeah. And then there's that sequence when he's driving along the highway and all the robotics, the actual like, self-driven sort of vehicles. That looks all futuristic. Yeah. They've done a ma- it's like the perfect blend. It's like at some points it's Mad Max and some points it's Blade Runner. And at some points it's like you you know look like a farm. It's just like this basic sort of thing. Yeah. And obviously even that it's got the futuristic elements because when they go for the cornfield, there's all the the joint robots in the corn. Like, yeah. So it knows it knows how to like do this sort of production right. It knows when to like merge future and past. And Mad, as you say, Mad Max style uh, future into this sort of thing. So again, I can't really fault production. I think it's probably the best that it's been in the whole of it. No, I did like the last one. I did like the production of the last one because it was very like they made it like spot on right. I do think this is a lot better. Yeah, is it twenty twenty nine? It's saying is yeah, it? yeah. And like, like even like the futuristic tech looks like still quite shoddy and downgradable. It doesn't look like I like Iron Man level armor like technology. It's more like still basic robotics, but both futuristic and doable. I agree. Mm. I agree there. Obviously, the next thing we'll talk about is the the script, and I think the script's spot on. I think uh, obviously the dialogue choices they wrote in the script, none of it's cheesy. I think it's all spot on. Even though obviously the little bits of comedy of a when a Fucking Charles trying to take a piss, and he's like, "I could do it myself." And he's like, "Yeah, I know you can." He's like, "I'm not going to do it when you're watching because I'm not going to watch." Even that, obviously, that's a mm. stupid scene, but it's wrote non cheesy because they could have wrote that really bad, and it could have just felt really cheesy, like forced joke. But it's it's not it's it, it's perfect just to allow Laurie to go and do her own thing, and just like a lot of the sort, even though the, the sort of dialogues, obviously Caliban's like death, like what he says when he dies, that was really good choice of words. Uh, Patrick Stewart's obviously Charles when he dies when obviously Wolverine says to him uh, it wasn't me that was a good choice of words and even when he obviously he fully dies when he, he just references the boat that we're going to get the Sunseeker one last time that was a, that was fucking that took my heart I was like for fuck's sake no stop it now and then even Logan's death at the end when he says so this is what it feels like yeah that was whoa, they because get the script is spot on yeah here. but the whole point of Wolverine is that he's never experienced death properly like the whole point of him, just like he's 
want he kind of wants death and now he's finally found something worth living for really and then dies i think the closest he's come to death are probably days of future past at the end when he goes underwater yeah. i think that's the closest because he looked like he was gonna die that's the closest he came to death but this the, that that line has got me i think a lot of the, the i can't fault the script i'm the same i can't i'm not going to details can't fault the script it's spot on mm-hmm. it obviously as you say, it's helped by the acting as well script plus acting is incredible yeah that looks, the reason why like the dialogue is so good is as i keep saying it's a it's a character driven film it's designed to be good like, exactly if, a, if, if the dialogue was shit this film would like it wouldn't work exactly i think if the dialogue was shit i think if there was no gore yeah uh I can't really think of something else, but I think if any of that was missed, I think if that was missing all that sort of stuff. Like if mm. that, so if that was there, I think this would have been a lot of a, a basically a letdown like the first one. Yeah. But I feel like they they knew what they were doing here. So salute. Definitely. I don't know why I did a piece then. But again, <laughs> I didn't want to do a salute because I knew what the salute would look like. <laughs> um, but yeah, you get you get the gist of it. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll move on to that thoughts on the ending, which obviously when Logan dies. Which I I said before recording I prefer Patrick Stewart's uh, Charles's death because it was more emotional yeah. and tugging. But I feel like this was a good death for Logan. Mm, I think uh, obviously Xavier's works because it's out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. But I think Wolverine's also works well because it's been built up for so long. I think. Yeah. The final payoff it, is brilliant. Hands down, it, it, it obviously they built up a free film, not just three films, all the other films as well. They built up his character. Yeah. They built up his strengths, his weaknesses. Obviously, his, his trilogy's built up his weaknesses more, and they built up throughout this film that he looks like he's about to die. And when he takes the injections, and they're like, "You're dying. You took too much of the medicine. You know it's coming." And it, obviously, it's quite a brutal way for him to die. So you look at like Iron Man's death in Endgame. He just clicks his finger, and obviously that kills yeah. him. But that's not like it's massively brutal. Uh, look at Oliver Queen in Arrow. He does the same as Iron Man, basically. But uh, it's not brutal, brutal. But this is a brutal death for a famous character. He literally gets uh, impaled. That, And obviously, on top of that, he obviously has this heartwarming moment where he's holding his daughter's hand one last time as he just dies. So this is the first time that they're pretty much acknowledging each other as like father and daughter even more. Yeah. And it's over, which is just, oh, no. I'm not going to cry. Heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? I'm not going to cry. I mean, to think, like, <sighs> this is the first time he's ever found anything worth living for. and he's Apart from Gene. Obviously, Gene so, was the only other thing that he ever yeah, cared for, so. but this is like twice as much. He's also a bitch, so... Yeah. But like, it's more like... A daughter is more like heartbreaking than some random Phoenix woman. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, they did the X as well at the end, didn't they? They're building the grave, they put his uh, cross there, but then she comes back and turns to an X, and it focuses on the X fully and fully, zooms in, zooms in. And that's a perfect way to end this movie, because it showcases that, though this was an X-Men film, he's still a legendary X-Men. Yeah, you probably as well. That might be the, the last time, like the last ever real like X-Men member that was alive. Well, he well, yeah, probably is, to be fair. He probably used the last X-Men x-man left so it was a great end for a great movie and on top of that it flows into fucking johnny cash uh the man comes around song 
which mm. he's great. Even though, obviously, as you said before, the trailer, the trailer with fucking Hurt from Johnny Cash. Though I didn't, mm. wasn't a fan of the second trailer's music choice. The first trailer is what sold this movie hands down. And then, obviously, the ending flowing into another Johnny Cash song makes this movie even greater. What can I say? I love I Johnny mean, Cash. He's, like, he's such a, like, a um, Western film. It's... Yeah. I mean, there's even that scene where, like, the whole classic, like, Western standoff between the, the train separating them. Yeah. Because, you know what I mean? There's even the cowboy outfit in that one scene, <laughs> which is obviously, I'm, I'm, clear, I'm thinking the, hint, the hat's clearly a hint towards, obviously, old man Logan having the cowboy sort of hat. But, I mean, that, it, it, it's very Western, which is what makes this film even get better. Mm. <sighs> oh, so this is what it feels like. Okay, so we uh, give it our rating, our stamp for approval, Hayden. I wonder what our rating's going to be. Well, I'm going to give Logan and Logan Noir. Yeah. Hmm. A 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. Who would have thought that? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my fingers. Got one, two, three, four, five. You've got twenty fingers, haven't you? You're like a weirdo. You got weird. You got a weird hand. You got fingers growing at your knuckles. That's true. Yeah. That's twenty out of twenty. Definitely a ten out of ten. Yeah. But that is another simple one for me, just like last week. Uh, that gives a uh, Logan a chat game overall rating of ten out of ten, which. <laughs> He's our first ever movie with 10 out of 10. Oh we've God. never got... We've never had an overall of 10 out of 10. We've always... 9.5 is like the highest... Sorry, 9.7 was the highest for Joker. We've knocked that out of the park with a 10 for Logan. Why? We don't get anyone else involved? Because then yeah. we can use our opinion. thing is, I, I, I feel like Connor might give it a 10 as well. I'm going to ask him. Because if he did, yeah. that would be all around. I'm going to message him later and say, what would you give it? But yeah, this is the highest... It's the highest rating we've given. I, f- I feel like yeah, he does deserve it. He deserves it a like, lot. I feel like it's probably the highest, like as a joint between us, we're gonna give this year. Mm. I feel like there's one film next year which I'm gonna say at recording, which we might both agree on as the best film of the year. Because there's always, as we said, there's always one film each year we both agree on. It's yeah. a great movie. Last year was Joker. This year's Logan. I'm gonna say one for next year at a recording. And I feel like you're gonna agree yeah. with me. But yeah, um... I do agree. Thomas Tank Engine film would be a ten out of ten for both of us. I think <laughs> definitely. Well, it hurt me once the question of the day, and uh, that is what other characters would you like to see have this sort of treatment? This old, this sort of Logan, like old, basically last sort of stand type final appearance movie. And yeah, it isn't obviously it's like a character that, that this person's made famous. Like, as I say, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, he's made this famous. It doesn't even have to be superhero based. I've got like a prime list of examples. So, examples I have is obviously Indiana Jones. That'd be an interesting. Obviously, James Mangold's doing that, so that would make sense. Uh, other ones I've got. Wesley Snipes says one more time is Blade. I think that'd be interesting. I think that'd be a really interesting one. Uh, the Punisher from 2004, the Thomas Jane one. Yeah. I feel like that'd be an interesting because he's he's done the character once in that uh, more afterwards in that like short film. So it'd be interesting to see him come back one last time in like a final hurrah. Uh, Stallone is Rambo. They did Last Blood, and I feel like it was a letdown. And that was very much going for a Logan-style movie, and it just failed. I feel like they could try it one more time and get it right. Uh, what else have I got? Oh, uh, technically speaking, they've got another old man in the comics. Old Man Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. They could always do that. Uh, what was the last two I got? 
Here's another one. Uh, Sigourney Weaver as Ripley and Aliens. That'd be interesting, like one last alien move with her in. Or even Arnie as Dutch and a Predator. A any of those, I think, would make interesting movies for like this style yeah. of treatment. Hmm. No, I think. How about like a, how about like a live action adaption, but it's of of a, of a TV show? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be dark. Ben Ten. No. Oh. It's going to be about the fall of a once great man. I'm thinking a Bob the Builder. Like. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. But with the, the actual voice actor. Oh, my, yeah. oh my god. Like, he's, he's, he's suffered because of, like, lockdown or something. And, like, he, his entire, like, building career has been let down. All of his machines have been scrapped off. And it's just him and, the, like, the death of... Um, oh, Mother my Bob. Christ. Wendy. Yeah. Wendy, that's it. The death of Wendy. She's, like, dying. He's, like, it's... But he's, like, he's broken down life. Oh, my Bob. Down. Of old man Bob. <laughs> I'd pay to watch that movie. <laughs> I grew up watching that show. Then it went <laughs> shit when they remade it. I pay to watch old man Bob. <laughs> I love the idea of it being you know, the original voice actor as well, but being like playing the actual live action. Would, would, would it be brutal though? Would he be like smashing people over the head with hammers? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, I'm oh. definitely. I'm going to watch that movie. Like a really dark like version, like he's like getting into. Like, Stuck in this like weird like gang warfare or something yes, like that. Yes, that sounds amazing. All he wants to do is fix it, I, but he can't fix it. Is the, is the end credit song gonna be one, two, three, four, five? Everybody, the tagline would be like Bob the Builder, like the movie. This time he can't fix it. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. I felt like you was going Ben 10 when you're saying dark and TV show, but that is 20 times better than when. You could have gone with that, yeah. Bob yeah. The, old man Bob coming soon to cinemas near you. <laughs> oh, I think I've, uh, I've seen like the, the, the actor play some pretty like dark characters in the way. Like, cause I remember like, him like, he walked the road, he was pretty like gritty. So, I can imagine that, but like, old man Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel like that's a good way to end. Old man Bob. So, uh, do I mean how you next week? Because we move away from a Wolverine trilogy, but stick with a film that has a scene that connects to this movie. As you take a look yeah. at the many times delayed New Mutants movie that came out, you know, end of last year, start of this year. Mm-hmm. Until then, uh, I've been your host, Drinking Thomas Hughes. And I've got to find out how to watch this film. <laughs> and this has been Chatter Cave Podcast. And I feel like you can agree with this, Hayden, for an outro. I feel like from the bottom of, of all our hearts, at both Fairlera Studios and Drankin Studios, thank you, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, yeah. for, you know, what well, I was just, it would be 17 years, but it's 21 mm -hmm. years now. 21 years of this character. Yeah. And honestly, thank you, uh, Neil Morrissey, for playing Bob the Builder. It, literally from 1998, <laughs> our entire lives he's been playing Bob the Builder. And that, that says stuff. <gasps> Fucking old man, Bob. <laughs>